everybody, I'm Steve Weens, and this is my podcast where I explore humanity, spirituality, and mystery one word at a time. For more about my work, my writing, my books, my preaching, and all that good stuff, head on over to steveweens.com. Well, hey friends, we're back with This Good Word. This is week two of the Enneagram. I'm here with Stephanie Spencer and Charles Dean, my two really good friends, and we're talking all things Enneagram. And I want to say uh, on the outset, if this, if you're listening to this episode without listening to last week's episode, Enneagram Part 1, just pause, just stop right now, go back and listen to last week, and then jump into this week, because we just don't have time to do all kinds of review. There's The Enneagram is so nuanced and multifaceted, and there's so, so much juice. So we're going to dive right into this question, and the question is, uh, so Charles, you're a pastor. You're also starting a new business with the Enneagram. Uh, Stephanie, you're a leader of a nonprofit. You coach people through understanding what number they are and how to do that in the world. How have you found this useful in your life, with your church, in, in your friendships, in your workplaces? How have you found the Enneagram to be helpful in terms of understanding people, helping people understand each other, helping people understand themselves? Uh, that was 18 questions. So you just pick <laughs> pick whatever question you want. Uh, well, Char- Charles, think, let's yeah, let's start with you. I think that um, you said helpful, and it triggered in my head the word it's hopeful. In that, um, so when I compare this to other tools, there's lots of great tools out there for understanding the self, you know. And when I compare this to like Myers Briggs, let's just use for an example. Like Myers Briggs literally says, "Here's the box you're in. That's it. Yeah. The conversation's over. Here's the box you're in." And what I admire and find challenging and great about the Enneagram is the Enneagram says, here's your tendencies, here's your lens. I love the language of lens that we used last time. And here's how to grow. Here's how you can become. Here's how you can become a better expression of yourself. Here's how you become more aware of your shadows. And we're not going to get into the whole idea of wings, but there is like it prescribes on the diagram if I want to grow. And we said this last week. If I'm going to grow, I need to move towards six, you know, like I, that's it. That gives me a, it gives me a, a way to go instead of just saying, mm-hmm. here's who you are. And then I put that test in a, de- I mean, how many disc profiles and Myers-Briggs do I have in my drawers and files somewhere? <laughs> I'm a lion. Says, I'm an otter. Yeah. Right. I'm a golden yeah, retriever. Right? I was a golden retriever, I believe. Yeah. And it, it gives me something that I can think about every day of my life. Here's how I grow. Here's how mm-hmm. I and grow today. Here's the people I need to grow close to, learn from, like that to me. And then that just spills into so many areas of my life. Here's how I grow as a father. Here's how I grow as a husband. Here's how I grow as a pastor. Here's how I grow as a friend. It just gives me all kinds of avenues for becoming a better version of myself. Yeah. And I think too, like, isn't it true? Um, I mean, we've talked last time about not typecasting people and not pegging people and right. kind of being very, um, but if someone says to you, I know I'm an eight, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I have two friends that are eights and we were in New York City and we were in this speakeasy and we were like having drinks and they were just going at it with each. I mean, they were like, and, and but then I remembered they're both eights. And so I just kind of leaned back because at first I was feeling the tension of it. Right. right. So it, it helped me understand like, oh, they love this actually. And they're going to mm-hmm. walk away from this like arm in yeah. arm and it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But for me, I, I was feeling some anxiety like they're, they're ruining the moment because they're fighting. Right. Well, it can be a great I, tool for understanding one another. Yeah. Which I think yeah. that's how you've used it more, Charlie, right? For Yeah. Well, so our friend Claire that we met at 
when we yeah. were at the Transforming yeah. Center, Steve. Lowridge. I quote her all the time. Yeah, Claire Lowridge. She says, um, knowledge of the Enneagram leads us to compassion for the other because we recognize the unique ways in which we all suffer. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Say that and again. I, Say that again, please. Knowledge of the Enneagram leads us to empathy because we recognize the ways in which we all suffer. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's huge. It kind of goes to that Plato quote about uh, be gentle, uh, everyone's fighting a hard battle. It, but it helps me identify what that hard battle is to know that. I thought that um, was Hamilton. That's, that's Plato. Right, <laughs> right. I don't know. Anyway, but it, it's yeah. that's huge. It, like just to understand, hey, my two eight friends are going at it with each other. That's great. I understand now. I don't need to. Yeah. I don't need to get all worked up about that. Right. I I find, so I work with individuals and couples primarily and figuring out their types. Yeah. And there's a way that Enneagram, I think, helps people hold the whole of themselves without shame. Oh, because we also yes. tend to think oh, my like stuff that. is worse than someone else's stuff. Right. And so to just yes. have this this neutralizing conversation about and that can have even laughter in it sometimes. Like, oh, look, I do manipulate people. Oops. Yes, yes. <laughs> without that yes. feeling like an attack, but sort of this, oh, I manipulate people. Somebody else yells at people. Somebody I mean, what just whatever those things are everybody's got it and so it's neutral and then even to understand so there's um if you do read any of the books or research more there's this element where the numbers are connected to other numbers based on what happens in stress and what happens as a balance for us and often for me i find that a lot of people that balance number is something where it's who they are on vacation (laughs) a lot of times so like connect but then to consciously connect to better versions of those as well and to say okay i under stress become a perfectionist Okay, now that I know that, I can enter stress differently. I can feel my energy moving towards that because if I don't think about it, I'm going to move to the low side of that. I'm going to tend to be critical and I'm going to tend to be perfectionistic about the wrong thing. If I think about it as a shifting energy, I think, okay, oops, I I feel my energy shifting here. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Moment of awareness. How could I move to a better version of that? Because I'm there. That's where I can feel it. I'm there. I'm in the critical. I'm in the perfectionism. Okay. Maybe I go outside and go for a walk because I'm in the gut center right now. So that's going to center me differently. So it just gives me a tool to feel and see and judge differently. That thing that I might be, feel ashamed about and end up in a spiral mm-hmm. if I don't have a tool to help me deal with it. So you're a seven. Yeah. So you're saying you go to one. When I'm stressed. When you're stressed. All right. So knowing that here I go, I'm going to go. If I don't know this and if I don't keep an eye on it, I'm going to go toward perfectionism. And that's not a great place for me. So knowing that helps you. When you're maybe in a more resourced place, is that how you, how you would say it? Yeah. Well, I call it so the the resource number. So some people call it a balancing force, a resource. Yep. I call it a I call it a balancing force because I think it's it's the number that's pointing at us. It's the arrow pointing towards a number, and I feel like it's the number like poking our shoulder, going, "Hey, pay attention, yeah. Yeah. pay attention to this because this is how will you will find the balance you're looking for." Because everybody are on our own, we tend to be moving from this point of deficiency. We've got an empty cup that mm-hmm. we're trying to fill mm-hmm. in some way. And the filling happens through that balancing number so that we can live out our gifts with a greater wholeness. And it's often something that was a part of our life in childhood that we turned off, that somehow we felt like we didn't have permission to be or do anymore. And it's getting back in touch with that. Or that's Mm. why it happens on vacation, because on vacation we feel like we can let go of more of our stuff. And it's that thing like five, uh, the movement, the balancing force for a seven is a five and I'm going on a trip tomorrow and I'm like, Oh, I get to read books by myself on a plane. That sounds awesome. Yes. Yes. Like, why don't I read books by myself in my house? Like I don't have to wait for an airplane. That's so funny. 
Uh, Charles, so you're at three. What do you do uh, in stress and what do you do? What's your balancing number? So in stress, I go to the nine. So I, what you said earlier is so true of us, many of us threes. We don't love conflict. Yeah. And when things start to feel conflicted for us, we go to the, if I go to the less resourceful part of the nine, I check out. Yep. So I talk about like, it's funny as hard driving a three I can be when I get stressed. That's when I start binge watching Netflix. Yeah. Or that's when I start avoiding a relationship or avoiding a person because I just don't want to deal with it. And so I love what you said there, but being aware of that, becoming increasingly aware of, okay, I'm under stress here. I go creeping into my checkout mode. Yeah. Like to, to rein that in and say, oh, no, 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 no. I, I can't go to that place. That's, right. that's not great for me. And then I, I said uh, last week that my, my balancing force is, is the six. Yeah. So it's that loyal. Because as a three, I can be very much like I will do something until the point at which I think it's going to be unsuccessful and then I'm gone. Yeah. Right? So like I, I'll be involved. Like I think about in church, like I don't know about you, Steve, but how many ministries have I started? Yeah. And within three times, it doesn't have the numbers I want. I'm We're done. done. Yeah. Move on. Move on to the next thing. Start something else. Close this thing. It's a failure. That's yeah. our least favorite word, by the way, is failure. failure. Yeah. I, like, oh, I see a failure coming. I want out. And so the opportunity poking me in the shoulder, I love that analogy, poking me in the shoulder is, no, stay loyal to this. Yeah. Uh, there may be something to learn in this. And in sometimes running something into the ground, let, drinking the failure all the way to the bottom of the cup is the <laughs> thing I need to do to grow, mm. you know, and, and learn. And that's hard. You know, that's a, I, I use the term invitation. That, mm, that six yeah. comes to me yeah, as an invitation to this is a way that you'll become whole. You're going to drink your failure down. And yeah. what I do is run away from my failure to nine when the six says, nope, drink it down. Oh, that's good. So we've, we've talked about what a seven does in a headspace. Yeah. And we've talked about what a three does heart space. Let's talk about what a one does, um, in the, in the gut space in terms of stress and balance. Um, a one, when they are stressed, it's moves to a four. So because a one is trying to be what they should be all the time, there tends to be a repression of their own feelings. Yeah. And that's a part of what they end up feeling in their body often, too, is this sort of deep repression of their own feelings until there's a point where they can't repress it anymore. And that's the stress response. And there's then an overwhelmedness of feelings that comes upon them uh, in stress. Um, and that's the four. And then the balance for a uh, one is type seven. I actually, so I was meeting with someone for coaching who is a type one. And when we were going through the different numbers, when he heard a seven goes, oh, that sounds like such a nice number. Like such a nice number. Like or like that sounds so easy. Like there was an instinctual longing for that, and yes. that and, and and it was like, oh, that's that's actually because that's you should you should access that more often. Yeah. Like you can go because yes. um, it was that sense of oh, if I'm experiencing the seven, the weight of the world's not on my shoulders in the same way I'm experiencing it as a one. Yeah. Oh wow, that's great. Um, so I I think so many of us tend to look at shadow as something to um, avoid or overcome. Mm. And we can get to a place where we no longer have shadow. I think that's just the way a lot of us, but the Enneagram doesn't look at shadow that way. How does the Enneagram no. look at shadow as it, as it, as it uh, relates to spiritual transformation? I'm going to look at Charlie for this one. You're both looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the, the other book that we didn't mention last week, and the way you and I, Steve, got introduced to Enneagram was Richard Rohr. Richard Rohr, yeah. And uh, Rohr, 
Richard's book, uh, The Anagram, A Christian's Perspective, I think. And, you know, the first 40 pages or 50 pages of that book are really dense and really hard to get through to get to the types. But one of the things I appreciate about Rohr coming at it from a spiritual transformation way is he argues, and other people follow this train of thought, that the nine points on the Enneagram correspond to the seven deadly sins plus fear and deceit. Yeah. And so... um, so that's helpful to me to understand the shadow part and then to understand, and, and I think Rohr does a really great job of this in not just the Enneagram book, but some of his other stuff, Falling Upward and Immortal Diamond and some of those places where he he talks about, I think what you said, Steph, earlier about this idea of laughing a little bit at um, the ability to laugh at my type, mm-hmm. the yeah. ability yeah. to know this is my shadow. I'll be playing this shadow for a long time. So holding that. I look at it as the, um, in my own head, that's the cute version of Charlie. Oh, isn't he cute? <laughs> like, isn't he cute when he thinks he has to perform to receive love? And so my own spiritual practice is every day, as much as I, as much as I can, sitting in contemplative prayer, reminding myself that I'm loved despite my accomplishments. Mm-hmm. That's my practice. I have to come to that place of I am loved just because God loves me. Not because, hey, look, God, look what I did for you. Look what I did for you. And I've spent so much of my life doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to hold that and then to recognize that the, the cute, the, I mean, really cute little Charlie who, who <laughs> thinks he has to perform to receive God's love and then other people's love. And I don't think that's ever going to be gone. Mm-hmm. That's always going to be an impulse I have. Um, and the ability to sit with that. And, and, and I don't mean in a cruel way, but to laugh at, at that impulse. Like, mm-hmm. isn't that cute? Isn't that cute that you think that's what you have to do to receive love when the people who really love you, they just love you, even if you show up and do nothing for them. Well, and the whole thing with... uh, Sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, so most of the time, the problems with Enneagram have come because we've grasped too tightly to control of who we are, control how people perceive us. And the same thing can happen with shadows. If we think we can turn off our shadow, then we're just trying to control like we've always tried to control compared to the idea of holding ourselves loosely, holding the world loosely. I mean, I feel like that's a lot of the journey is just sort of that loose grip of not letting things fall, but just holding it differently. And so that's the danger, I feel like, if you think you can walk away fully from your shadow side, then you're still keeping yourself in control, which means you're probably going even deeper into the dysfunctions of your type in some way because you're controlling, you're holding, you're gripping. I I couldn't agree with what you said. Both you said uh, more. And I would add, I think it's the shadow is always an opportunity to turn toward the good. And that's why I don't want to get rid of my shadow. Like Mm -hmm. I I don't, I I, I want to be intimate with my shadow. I want to know my shadow and I, and I want to help my shadow can be used to help me continually grow. Mm -hmm. And if, if I assume that I'll never reach the full potential, then the shadow will, the shadow can be a friend. Mm Mm-hmm. A friend that helps yeah. me understand that there's more to grow, that there's more grace to receive, that right. um, I don't have to take myself so seriously, that I have to succeed at everything and nail everything. I mean, honestly, I think because I'm a three, I tend to figure or I tend to wrestle with that more than other types. But my main thing is saying to myself, um, I do not have to succeed at this to be worthy Right. Failure is even a friend. It can be a good thing. It can be a teaching thing. I don't need to avoid it. And so these are the mantras that I, you know, mm-hmm. what are some other helpful sort of, 
I think because, and I want to hit this before we're done with this one, because I think it's so easy to think the Enneagram is a tool to help me overcome my shadow mm. and just live into my to- into my strength and into my yeah. And it's that's really not what it is. Mm-hmm. So how, what else would you say about to people that maybe they say, okay, I'm a seven, I'm, I'm a six, I'm a one, um, and now I'm gonna be the best one ever. <laughs> right. What would you say about how to deal with <laughs> Which shadow? Which is what ones would yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's funny you picked on that one. Yeah. Um, I think that one of the ways I think about it is the brighter you shine, there's always going to be a shadow. Like, and there's so Ah. even that idea that I can, I can grab onto a strength and then just live out a strength and there will be no shadow is a ridiculous idea because we all know that the brighter something is, the more shadow there is to it. Yep. Um, which is why I love not to pat my own back, but I love the language of strength and shadow. I just love that imagery. We, we know that. And, and so like I think about even in my own leadership of our church, I recognize what Enneagram has really helped me do is also to, to hold my strength. Like what you said hmm. before about you need to be on stage. Yeah. I have felt such shame about saying those words out loud. Yeah. Like, and that's, it's helpful for me to hang on to that. Yeah. That's, that's my strength. Yep. I'm really good. I'm really hmm. good being in front of a crowd and yep. it's okay to own that. And yep. it, it doesn't have to be narcissistic. I can hold that. And at the very same time, I recognize that some of the strengths I bring to my church are also the things that are wrong with our church. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there's no amount of like, like, there's no amount of me getting better that fixes that. It's right. just part of my strengths. Right. That is what it is. Now, what I can do about that is I can staff to that. I can let other voices in. But I myself cannot live in a way that I am the perfect representation of the image of God in every facet. Yes. So one of the ways that I've heard that Enneagram gets talked about is that so people sometimes call it a passion or a sin, the vice in some way, also has a virtue or it can be enabled something different. And it's a yin yang. And I think that that's getting at what you're saying, too. And I love it with the example of a six because the sin, passion, vice, whatever you want to call it, of a six is fear. But their gift is courage. But courage is different, to use Brene Brown's word. Courage is wholeheartedness. It's yeah. different than bravery. or And so the person who understands fear the most and can still live in spite of and with that fear is the person who has the most to teach us about courage. Hmm. And so if they tried to just push their fear aside and pretend it wasn't there or get past it, that's not going to be a true display of courage. That's going to be some sort of false yep. bravery. Um, and so they, it's also sort of holding those two together that help the virtue come through. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, you guys, it's so good and we're out of time. Um, I want to ask you, so Ugh. Charles, you're, I know we could, maybe we need part three. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, you know, <laughs> the internet is our friend for that. Yeah. But Charlie, you are, you are, sure. with your friend Tim, you are, you have created a business called Strength and Shadow. It's primarily... You're working with yeah. companies and businesses to help them use the Enneagram yeah. Uh, yeah. to further their business. Can we put the link to your business on the show notes so people, maybe people would contact you? That would give me a good reason to get the website up this weekend. Yes. <laughs> okay. so, so to answer your question, it, it's really interesting, real quick, there's a lot of different applications for this. So we're using it in our church just as a spiritual formation tool. Yep. We're talking about how do we come alongside couples in Enneagram. We've, we've talked a lot about the personal aspects, but then there's a lot to be said for how this works in a business or a leadership setting. And so to answer your question, yes, what we're doing is alongside either 
the church leadership teams or business leadership teams and talk about how do we increase our communication, decision-making, all those things using some of these tools. Because it's if, if self-awareness is a key part of the spiritual journey, it's just part of the life. It's just part of life journey. You know, yep. it's, it's good everywhere. And so those are some of the spaces we do that. And so we will have our website up soon. And yes, you can link to that for sure. <laughs> what about you, Steph? You're, so you're here in Minneapolis and um, you meet with people. Do you Skype with people ever? Yeah, I do. Um, individual and couples primarily. I do do some teams, but um, I think my wheelhouse is more the individuals yeah. and couples. Um, and so we'll meet in a local coffee shop, bar, restaurant, something like that, or sometimes a home and um, sit down. And I help people kind of figure out what their type is. And then also then with the individual coaching, it helps a lot to like know what to do with it. So that it is a useful tool and we can talk really yep. specifically about yeah. That. So, yeah, I've got a web page that. Okay. Yeah. So, we'll put that on the show notes along with the uh, resources that we mentioned last time, last week. There are some helpful books and podcasts. And... Can I throw one more resource out yeah. there, especially as we're talking about couples? DrDavidDaniels.com has a relationship matrix that's really great for where, where if you can see if you are in friendship or marriage or whatever, some more relationship with another type, it names some of the things that might be gifts and things that might be struggles oh. within that relationship. It's really cool okay we'll put that on the show notes as well uh thank you both for both of these weeks you guys are great i think this does maybe necessitate a week three somehow maybe in a few months sure Uh, and so um that would be really really fun because i think the enneagram is just such a helpful thing and so uh, i'll end with the mantra that we end with all the time we're dust and breath we're limited and limitless we're human and holy and we're in it together and that really is an enneagram kind of statement Mm -hmm. um uh and i think that that just shows that if if you cut me even a little bit i bleed enneagram i bleed strength (laughs) and shadow i bleed i bleed both and uh and so um thanks you guys i really appreciate it and uh i appreciate it thank you so much Can you?